hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Be Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today we're going to discuss City of the Dead, a.k.a. Horror Hotel in the U.S., 1960. Michael, what are we drinking today? Ooh-wee. We are being sponsored. Smog City gave this to us. Yay. It's a collaboration, Smog City and Topa Topa. It's called Weekend Escape IPA. It's got a great little label, the couple of seals, and one of the main reasons I think that is is because this beer is supporting the Channel Islands Marine and Wildlife Institute, an organization that's trying to keep preserve the Channel Islands and keep it clean, not overrun with pollution. Kind so of our mission. It's doing a good job. Yeah. So cheers. <laughs> cheers. You know, it makes no bones like it's they wanted to make like an easy drinking straight IPA. And I mean they nailed it. A little lemony bite. Definitely yeah. tropical. Has mm-hmm. that hoppy you can't get around it. Hoppy IPA taste. Very much. There's some tropical notes, there's some citrus. There is a malt, a little malt backbone on there. A weekend escape. I could totally see drinking this. And you went to the in Torrance, their main place. Yeah, I've I been went... to their tap house in Glendora. So yeah, Jane and I made a run to Torrance. Hit a few breweries. I, I had not been down there. I wanted to do the Torrance run. Yeah. We kind of call it because there's a there's a ton of you grew up here. Yes, real quick. You grew Orange up, County and to be even exact. even I knew there was a time Torrance and I the movie Boogie Nights. They always kind of raz yeah. Mark Wahlberg's yeah. character because he's from Torrance yeah. and like Torrance was this nowheresville. Kind of the South Bay, Long Beach, the LBC, and Torrance. Yeah, but right Torrance kind of had a reputation. I, I got the picture that Tor- Torrance was just kind of like, nobody cool, nothing cool was happening in Torrance. Buffy went to high school there. So a number of years ago, the breweries started popping up because I guess, you know, you need space for breweries. Now it's a real hotbed. So we had a few breweries and I contacted Smog City and they, and they said, dude, we're in. So I finally got there. I've been wanting to hit it. So much fun. Their 11th anniversary IPA was on. I tried that. Met a couple of folks, had to try some beer, had to buy some beer. Of course. Had to do it upright. I'm not just going to walk into a brewery. You're going down the torrents. Give me free beer and then walk out. I'm like, that is so tacky. Like, Who would do that? There is a person who's doing sort of a, a, a trip in this movie. She's going somewhere, sort of a weekend escape. And there are people who need to escape from things. Makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I thought, you know, sometimes just having a nice class guy PAs, you can't argue with that and this is tasty it is thanks thank you smog city thanks smog city and topa topa and it's interesting i'm gonna make another tie smog city of course named after the la basin but there's a lot of fog city and whitewood i'm tapping my nose (laughs) there is way too much fog there's a lot of atmosphere but dude it adds an atmosphere there's an atmosphere we're going to discuss a little bit there's an atmosphere to this movie but first let's get to spoiler alert this was my movie choice why did you pick it I came across this movie when we were going, when we still plan on making a special zombie episode. And then we may still. Yeah. I was looking for zombie movies, and this captured my attention on TV because it said City of the Dead. And I'm like, it's got to be Living Dead there, which is Satanic Cult. But I watched it, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's considered first amicus movie, even though it was Vulcan production, because Milton Sabotsky and Max Rosenberg, they were behind this movie. 45,000 pounds to make it. Has multiple titles. Genre, it hits all the bonafides of B-movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I thought, let's put it on the list. Easily available on Tubi. It was also on Amazon Prime for a while. Yes, uh, it was because that gone. is where I saw I had seen it before this. It's also, there's there's a decent copy on YouTube. 
I think City of the Damned might have been a better name, but I, I want agree. that might have been taken already yeah. because City of the Dead does give you the zombie thing. These people are damned. This is the second movie we've done that starts with a witch being lynched or an alleged witch. You're right. Witchfinder General. Witchfinder episode 37. Yeah. And also, it's our second movie, ding, 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 about a satanic cult. We did The Seventh Victim, episode 19. So These Satan worshippers are a lot scarier <laughs> than The Seventh Victim. They, the, they are. They're the, a lot more intimidating. The only other thing I want to mention before we start diving into it is um, the director. This was his di- directorial debut. John Lulin Moxie. And mainly a TV director. Directed uh, Carl Kocheck, the first TV movie, The Night Stalker, 1972. One of my favorites. So, it, exactly. I'm like, oh, this guy has bona fides. But you look at it, he's, he was a TV director. I think overall, atmosphere-wise, music-wise, even acting, even though there's not a lot of big... Besides Christopher Lee, there's not a lot of big-name actors here. The funny thing is, Jason, when Jane watched this with me, she saw it, the end Christopher Lee, and she went, "Who? wait, who was Christopher Lee? <laughs> Like she didn't even recognize him. He's young. One of my favorite scenes of him in the movie. I mean, there's a lot of favorite Christopher Lee scenes in this movie. But at the end, when he's looking at the camera and they're like, switchblade. <laughs> After they throw away the ceremonial I'm dagger. Like, oh, you don't want to do that as a satanic cult. <laughs> why did you throw why didn't you throw the switchblade? Exactly. Anyway, I think the only other person I want to mention is the character Nan Barlow's actress yeah, Venetia Stevenson. <laughs> Out of everybody else in the movie, probably the only person who had a little notoriety because she was kind of a pinup girl in the 50s. And, and I, in fact, I could see that. In one of the Back to the Future movies, they have her image on a magazine that's because she was popular during the time. Very attractive actress. Well, later on, when we talk about beer. We'll mention her tie to beer because I found that interesting. I love that you found <laughs> I, I really, I love, I love that you found that. And she does have, it's not a jump scare, but there's no. a jump moment. Yes. It's one of the biggest whoa yeah. moments of, of the movie <laughs> that, that totally gets you <laughs> in, in a good way. <laughs> and so the basic plot of this movie is a young senior co-ed doing research on witchcraft, finding a little village, that village, not what you think it is, Whitewood, and everything goes to pieces. And then her brother, who's a fellow, I mean, it's fellow, I'm sure this is a small New England liberal arts college. You mentioned that it's all shot in England. It's an English production, English actors playing American. You have everybody trying to do a different accent. They're trying to do the New England thing. You're trying to just do a straight American. To me, it's one of the things that creates this mood, this atmosphere. It's like a dreamlike atmosphere. It keeps you off your center. There are a couple things. The fact that it was all shot on a sound stage. So the village, the exteriors are interior. It just gives you this unreal kind of vibe. You mentioned the fog. A lot of There's fog. A lot of close-ups <laughs> of people staring at people. There is a real mood throughout this movie. It keeps you a little unsettled in your seat. We start off with this great credits. The sound of this movie, particularly, and you're going to have a little more insight this, Gregorian chant at the very beginning. And yeah. I'm assuming they're doing... A black mass? A choral, yeah, it's like yeah. choral chants. It's, it's in Latin. It's big, yeah. you know, thump, like thundering instruments. And there's the, oh, you know, illustrations yes. of hooded figures. Right off the bat, it's, it's sort of uneasy. And you're back March 3rd, 1692, which I wrote in my notes. So 19, did I. 1962. 19, <laughs> here's the thing. I kept thinking, oh, 
It was 1692, yeah. and then she we we go back to 1962. But no, the movie was made in 1968. Yeah. They should have said it in 1962. That would have been more cool because we have a, a character who just reverses her name. Right. You have a village, and they have decided this woman, Elizabeth Selwyn. Remember that. Exactly. She is a witch. They're going to burn her. And like her first action is she hisses against this throng of villagers who are saying that she did wrong. She's not protesting. She's not saying, I'm not not a witch. She's hissing and spitting on the ground. Apparently she, they blame the death of another resident, a young woman named Abigail Adams on her. She's like, Jethro, Jethro. They turn to Jethro. Jethro Keen. And they're like, did you consort with this witch? And he's like, uh, no. And Jason, <laughs> this might be my Catholic upbringing. This was very much like Peter in the Bible. Yeah. When Jesus is being crucified, somebody looks at one of the apostles, Peter, and Peter denies Jesus three times. You know, and they say, hey, you knew that dude. And he's like, oh, he's scared because he's like, that dude's nailed to a cross. If I say, yeah, I was his best friend, I might get nailed too. He's scared. He does that. And it's a bad thing. He's like, he feels terrible about this. And this, Jethro denies her. She's going to her own death. He gets rewarded. And she doesn't go, you know, I can't believe that. She doesn't go, my goodness, Jethro. He doesn't hold it against him. No. It's the Satanist. Everything's upside down (laughs) in this world. So denying that she... And then he ends up with people really close as they're burning her. He starts saying out loud, like praying to Satan. Yes. Saying, you know, hey, Lucifer, I pledge my soul to you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I'm thinking, dude, if you don't want him to know, you shouldn't... You got people right next to him. Like, I just turn to him and go, dude, everybody hearing this, right? Yeah. He's praying to Satan right now. He's like, totally giving himself. I think we should throw him into the fire. But of course, she does what any good witch will do is she curses the lot of them. Everybody's like, curse? <laughs> I like the reaction. Like, ooh, not a curse. Well, and the thing is, it's she curses the city. She yeah. says city, which I think is odd because it's a village. It's not a city at all. And I'd think, huh. I got a loophole. I'm moving because the town's cursed. She didn't curse the people. She said, I'd say, hey, curses applies to the town. I'm moving out of town. And an eclipse rolls in and Lucifer responds. It's a great transition because they're going, burn, witch, burn. And all of a sudden, it's Christopher Lee at a university, someplace in New England, going, burn, witch, burn, as he is Professor Alan Driscoll. I'm assuming a history professor, I, I think like the history of witchcraft would be a very niche area of expertise. Yeah. But he I would a- take that class. <laughs> I would. But I, I think- took an entire class on film noir specifically. So <laughs> I would probably take the a history, class. The witchcraft. film history of witchcraft. <laughs> I do I do like the idea though that I mean he's a college professor and I mean I had a lot of like interesting college professors, but he's just, he's just like really passionately yes. goes, burn witch, burn. And right off I'm thinking, this guy is not a very good college professor because I'm going to say this if we stand back to reality clearly they're making reference to like Salem and the, and the witch trials in the United States there is no bur- witches ever burned in the United States I think they either what's called pressing where they put rocks on them or they hung them and I'm thinking like man he's already telling the kids lies <laughs> <laughs> so we were introduced to Nan Barlow our main character and then Bill Maitland, her boyfriend, is literally sitting on the edge of the chair. And I can't imagine seeing through an entire lecture just on the edge <laughs> of someone's chair. 
He comes off initially because he's mocking it. Yeah. He thinks this is a bunch of hoo-ha. And he's just there because his girlfriend goes to this class. Yes. And he makes a wise crack. And Driscoll's like, you know, hey, dude, I thought if you are going to come here, you, you'd be taking this seriously. Yeah. And he's like, whatever. Yeah. But Nan is a really into this absolutely and she's got an idea that she wants to work on her term paper but she needs to immerse she's a method student yes i guess <laughs> she wants to immerse herself in a community where stuff like this happened go through the history records the town records and he goes well i've got an idea i know a place whitewood in fact i know the person who owns the proprietor of the ravens in there miss newless <laughs> yes you just go up the wampart road and he does. He draws. He writes out some directions <laughs> and sends her on her way. He doesn't tell her he grew up there. This is where I'm like, oh, I think the satanic witch coven is a step above the coven in this type of victim. But still, he gives clues away. Con- like, if you ask him, he's like, oh, I they didn't grow up there. They weren't even real yeah. Satanists. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how he ends his lecture saying, tomorrow will be my concluding lecture on witchcraft in 17th century New England. I should bring along some illustrations, which I'm sure will interest you all. Because <laughs> that's how my professors always end their lecture. I know. I'm bring some illustrations. You know what? Though, if, put them on the overhead projector. His voice is so awesome, I, though. He, does he, a great job. he could just be like, "Tomorrow, I'm going to describe my bowel movement I had." And I'd be like, "I'm going to be here for that." But meanwhile, Bill leaves, and Nan's brother Dick comes in, a fellow professor of science. He's a professor. Of, I love he has a pro- microscope in his living room. I love, I love just, doing science. Just all a time. professor of science. I look at a microscope, and I can't do his act. He he does this accent that. I think he must have watched a bunch of uh, Cary Grant. He is doing a Cary Grant type of, ah, what's going on over here? It's a Northeastern accent, I think. So he shows up. Bill does not like this Driscoll. And Dick just is kind of like, pshaw. This guy's, he's a, he's just, it's a bunch of hooey. Who cares? Mumbo jumbo. Yeah, but it's clear that Bill kind of fancies Nan. So Dick... He goes in and he gets a little antagonistic. He doesn't try to be like, we're both professors. Regardless of whether I'm into what you're into, we're both professors. Kind of goes in and doesn't show a lot of respect. He's just immediately like, oh, I'm a scientist. I look into a a microscope and I see bacteria. (laughs) It is a weird discussion. Professor Alan Driscoll says, the basis of fairy tales is in reality. The basis of reality in fairy tales. And I think as a scientist, you would know that quote and i looked it up that quotes from the movie <laughs> no one ever said that <laughs> i thought oh did einstein of, say yeah, that yeah. Did ben franklin <laughs> what is going on here but no no just nobody professor said alan driscoll our second t-shirt yeah. idea. <laughs> if you would have attended my my first course you would have found this but nan informs dick dude i'm going to this obscure village nobody knows about and I'm going to do this. And he goes, well, what about Aunt Sue's birthday party? <laughs> or is it Cousin Sue? It's Aunt Sue. Re- regardless, it's Sue's birthday party. And she's a dish. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Aunt yeah. Sue is the hot aunt. Nan says something like, this could get me a scholarship. That's why she wants to go do so well on this paper. But she's a senior. So is she going to go on and become a professor of witchcraft? Well, yeah. And also, Jason, it's interesting because Nan is another in a long line of women in film, women in real life. The men in her life, her brother and her boyfriend, completely unsupportive. Yeah, discount her. Of what she's studying. I mean, they just stop short of going, you don't need this. You're just going to be a housewife anyway. But Driscoll supports her, which is ominous. Yes. Christopher Lee, as great as he is, he couldn't do anything for me that I wouldn't have a side eye for. I'd go, ah, this guy. 
Professor Dick Barlow says, well, have you ever met a witch? And he goes, in a very... He's like, he's like, he, he's like mm, perhaps. <laughs> he does. No, Jason, I noted that too. I'm like, he sort of demurs on the whole thing. Like, no. I'm technically a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, Dick? <laughs> and I Why got, don't you look in that microscope? Very much a Lovecraft vibe at this point. These young academics doing genealogy or type of research in New England and going off and finding old houses. Anthropology. Yes. And looking uh, into records and so, stuff. So, and Jason, you have brought this up many times. We encounter a service station attendant who has some sort of information yes. to bestow upon characters or a warning they are a guidepost in one way or another because Nan faster pussycat kill kill to kiss me deadly. There's always a gas attendant to help move the plot along. Yep, and this guy is just a dude who stands out on a really. This is a desolate road. I don't know how he stays open, and there's always fog, and he just stands in front of his service station waiting for people to ask for directions. Yeah, he seems very nice about. But you're right. If no one's taking his road, who's filling up his? Yeah, because the people in Whitewood don't leave. But she goes, you know, the Wampart Road. And he, and he goes, well, you're going to Whitewood. Yeah. Ah! You know? <laughs> Nobody goes to Whitewood. He's like, take road 28A to Wampart Road. You're going to see a, a fork. Take the left-hand road. <laughs> if I was doing research, and Grant, that's, this was adds to this dreamlike quality of this. This town seems to be perpetually at night. <laughs> cursed it's cursed the sun does not touch when she picks jethro up he has the line in whitewood time stands still nan's single woman 1960 driving a car and on the side of this creepy scooby-doo like road there's just this tall ominous man standing out there and she stops she goes is this the the road to whitewood he goes yes i'm going could i bother you And she takes Jethro. That's a weird position to it, be in, though, because you know, if he says, could I bother you for I... Yeah, you, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Stay away. She put herself in an awkward position. Was, I just think when you pull up and the, there, it's just what the man said. Yeah. There are two signs. One says Whitewood <laughs> to the left. Why do you need to ask directions? I don't know. And once again, we have the ominous hitchhiker. We've seen it in Carnival of Souls. Stay away from these people. That's a... <laughs> Bad omen. Yeah, I'm just a, a middle-aged man. I'm not picking up Jethro. I'm going to no. take my chances on the directions of that kindly service <laughs> station man, and I'm going to go to the left at the fork. It's a pretty easy thing, Jason. It's, it's like just, the directions in you the drive straight. Manchester Morgue movie. <laughs> You're going to see a rock. Yeah, exactly. Go around it. Yeah, so she does. She picks up Jethro, oh, such and, a bad idea. and they're driving, and it's just this great, you know, oh, the, the county should do something about this road. I don't, it's just weird. I don't know why they even needed that. The county that. should do something about that fog. <laughs> I know. Jason, she says she's staying at the Raven's Inn, and Jethro has there's these little, like, moments where, and he goes, yes, I'll be resting there, too. Almost like he's a vamp, like, I don't sleep, I don't uh. stay, I rest. It was just odd to me. Well, conversations from Miss Newless and Jethro, where it brings something new. The town was cursed, but it sounds like most of the townspeople leave and only come back two nights of the year. Because even Newless says, you know, my guests have to travel very far when it's just her and Jethro talking. And they're still talking in code. Um, and I'm thinking, does Jethro live there during the entire time? Or but, does he well, just show up? He apparates out of the car really quickly. No, that that's a no huge one else red seems flag, that. man. <laughs> that is a if I pick up a creepy guy, go into a creepy village, and then he just disappears from my car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
So they arrive at the Ravens Inn. You gotta love a place that has a plaque commemorating burning <laughs> someone alive. There's a large plaque in the Ravens Inn. It says March 3rd, 1692. Elizabeth Selwyn burned. I think of our California historical markers or the E-Clampus Vitus markers around here. It's like, yeah, you put that right behind the receptionist desk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you go back you to You want to take a picture with us? Go back to Iowa, you're like, hey, John, John Wayne was, uh, you know, <laughs> born in Winterset. And here's a question. Knowing that to extend their immortality twice a year, this witch coven has to sacrifice two young women. Miss Newless's first response to Nan is, we don't have rooms here. She needs victims. There's not an industry that's bringing people to Whitewood, so they have to source their young women from somewhere. And I think we both decided they're probably sourcing them from Driscoll. Driscoll's sending students up there, which I think is that's a shallow pool. You know, this is the fifth year in a row that students from your class have gone yeah. somewhere. You've sent them and not come back. Someone's doing an overhead projection during a staff meeting. It's like, no, just go. These are all the professors with missing students. Yeah. It's a flat line. We get to years over a five-year period. We have like 20 kids. Two, you're <laughs> averaging two a year, bud. Yeah. Every second semester. She's like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I have some pictures you'll find interesting. But I thought it was odd where it's not till she name checks Driscoll's name. And she's like, oh, this is the person. And by the way, Newless could be Selwyn. Whoa. Boom. I don't know why they try to hide that because it's clearly the same actress. And we meet Lottie, who is a mute servant. The maid at the inn. And Jason, this is something I just want to get out now. Lottie is an important character. She is not with the witches, which they know, so I'm not sure why she's still there. Why You mentioned why wasn't she sacrificed already. You got it right there. But also, do you think the witches have the power to do things? Do you think Lottie was born a mute, or do you think they made her a mute? So I think that Lottie was one of these cursed families and yet she tried to warn previous woman and therefore her tongue was removed because it wasn't that she couldn't communicate because she could certainly write. Yeah. So she had some schooling. She, she could hand off the, yeah. the stolen token. And I think if you were a satanic cult that controlled a city, I don't know if primary education would be your number one. Let's put our eggs in that basket. You know, I don't know. We could make a whole movie called Lottie, the back, yeah. like the pre. Because I think the same thing. I think she had done things in the past and she was punished. You can no longer speak because you were using your mouth because they do threaten throughout. Yeah. Well, she threatens to throw her out, cast her out, which is kind of odd. She could go to a gas station and get a job from that guy. Yeah, she just can't give directions. <laughs> you can't tell you where the Wampert Road is. She can draw she, you a map. Yeah, she gets a few warnings. So that's that's my feeling, is that she was born with a voice, and they took it because she was using it for the wrong reasons. Nan gets a lot of warnings. She does. Nan gets a lot of warnings. And this is an example where I do think this satanic cult is a little harsher than previous satanic cults in movies, but still where I'm like, ah. Oh, like, you should have done away with Lottie a long time ago. Unless you're like, eh, if we get a bad year, we only get one, and we got Lottie over here. That's the thing. You keep that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You exactly. want to have a bench. No. You want to have a deep bench. Yeah, because because what if, what if at some point, you know, Driscoll's, Driscoll ends up sending a man. Yeah. They go, ah. No, I think they are. It's like, we always have her. Why use our get-out-of-jail-free card before we're in jail kind of thing. But even Miss Newless does things that I'm like, why is she doing this? If she's trying to keep everything a secret, because yeah. Nan gets up and is like, oh, I'd like to investigate this town, which is literally like four places. 
Newless also sends her, he's like, you might be interested in the church. And if you are trying There's to... There's no congregation, yeah. which the archdiocese... Close that church down. Yeah. She goes, the reverend, because he has a granddaughter. And the reverend warns so, her. So I don't... Yeah, and he won't let her in, yeah. and he's blind. And then he goes, wait, we don't get strangers up here. What, what are you, basically, what are you doing here? So why would Miss Newless, knowing that she has to maintain a victim in town, send someone to the one place that could warn them away from the town. That's what I'm like. Because that's what he does. He, he says, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> get, get away from here. And there are enough because when she's walking through the little village, again, there's like knee-high fog everywhere. It's dark. See, there are people always walking around. And as soon, I don't know doing what. <laughs> I know. And as soon as they pass, they stop and turn around and stare at the person who just went. And then often they'll do a close-up. People just stopping staring mm. They look like ghouls. They do. They really do, Jason. And it's downright unsettling. Some of the people are from the opening scene. They curse the people. They're not going to age. And they had to. They were going to be, I guess, acolytes of Satan, I guess. Yeah. Then she realizes there's all these creepy people standing around staring at her. She goes, I need sanctuary. Yeah. Sees a light on at a bookstore and goes in. We find the other young woman. Pat. Pat, Pat Russell. And Jason, I'm going to say this. Why did they need Nan? Pat's right there. I mean, they're, they're going to try to sacrifice Pat anyway. Yeah. Were they just going to wait? Say, like, Pat's going to be our second sacrifice. But Pat's a super nice lady. She's a granddaughter. Just moved back up, to up town. Because her grandmother died. Mm. And I guess she ran a bookstore. Because <laughs> she's got this groovy bookstore. Why isn't her? Why wasn't her family cursed as well? I mean, I... I because he's a priest? I don't know. There's It's a, a lot of... We could go down a lot of Wampart roads yeah. talking about this one. <laughs> So, of course, she got a book. Nan tells her, I'm, I'm doing this, is what yeah. I'm studying. And she goes, ah, I got some dusty books. Yeah. You have any books or pamphlets on witchcraft? Pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> I have this three-page this education is, pamphlet. On this is on top, a sheepskin. Top ten sides of witchcraft. <laughs> or how you know when you live in a cursed village. <laughs> There's no daylight. Constant fog. <laughs> the Chamber of Commerce issues these. If you'd like some more. <laughs> There is one key moment. She goes, that's a lovely bracelet. And Nan goes, it's mm. very old and meaningful. But also there's that painting, a vivid painting of yeah. the burning <laughs> of Elizabeth. That is so dumb, Jason. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Hang that in the in the nursery. Why would someone commemorate that? I mean, this town is really big on commemorating the woman, yeah, the woman they burned alive. Plaques. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, <laughs> there's a city walk you could take through the chamber. <laughs> so, I mean, but I'll tell you what. Her... Little weekend escape. Does not end well for her. No, but I'll tell you, this first one... Yeah, I'm almost done with it. It's Five. Not yeah. bad. This is a drinkable weekend beer. You're sitting I there mean, watching a couple Living Dead movies, City of Living Dead. That's one of the things they say on the can is they they call it sessionable. They wanted yeah. to just make a full-flavored sessionable. I mean, I like it because it is. It's a lower ABV. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I want beer that tastes good. Weekend Escape is a full-flavored, extremely sessionable IPA that will transport you away from the hustle and bustle of your daily life. Ample yeah, mosaic and centennial hops yield beautiful aromatics of tropical fruit, melon, lemon candy, and blueberry with a soft bitterness and complex yet thirst-quenching malt character. Right from the can. Cheers, man. Cheers. And uh, Smog City, thank you guys so much. Oh, thank you. This is a great beer. I could totally see sitting down with like several of these. And just watching a couple of movies yeah. like this and just sort of having a laugh. And going, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because uh, we're laughing at this. I like this movie. This is a, oh, this is a no, good creepy movie. Make creepy no mistake. Movie. I'm a fan of this. Oh, yeah. I, am, I mean, because you watch a movie enough, and this is the idea. We don't just want to be like, hey, we're drinking beer, talking blah, blah, blah. You have to look at these with a critical eye. 
I think yeah. we have to look at these in a serious manner and have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, there, and, you know, and then what happens is when you do immerse yourself in these movies, sometimes you find yourself questioning certain things. Venetia Stevenson, the actress who plays Nan Barlow, Tenant Caledonian Breweries, their sweetheart stout has had her picture on their beer label for 50 years. I gotta see if I You can go and find Google that. that. We'll throw it up maybe on our Instagram or Facebook page. You go and look at that beer, and for 50 years, they've had her picture on. So, you know, some brew related history there for her. Oh, that? Yeah, we'll have to. <laughs> and throw she that deserves out. it. She's a she's attractive. A, she's colored. adorable. Yes. Then we get to the trap door. We get to, like, basically Nan's grave in a way. She's studying her little witchcraft book, and yeah. she hears chanting coming from. A trap door that she found in the floor of her room. That would be a big, like, I don't know if I want to stay in a room that has a trap door. You know what I'm doing? I'm moving everything onto that trap. If I'm staying, I'm moving the dresser, the bed. I'm putting all sorts of stuff on top of that trap door. And then we get to the jazzy party. Yeah, she goes goes and asks Ms. Newlist, like, hey, I'm hearing change. She's like, that's impossible. Yeah, Yeah, it's filled in. It's filled in. Over the years... Those couples dancing in that jazz. It's so creepy to me. What does it remind you of? It reminds me of a music box. Carnival of Souls. Yes, it does. It's very much Carnival of Souls, but it has, they all move in like this choreographed way. It's the same motion. You never really see a face. You just see these sort of silhouetted figures moving and it looks like a music box. And the music is this jazzy sound, but it's really unsettling. There's so much unsettling. That creeped me out so much. Just seeing those people dancing. And you don't see those guests the rest of the time. They're just nope. out there dancing. I don't, Jason, I don't think they're even there. Miss Newless is trying to convince her to come and join this. <laughs> come on, this join the party. Dance of the dance. Come, out to, the, come <laughs> to the groovy party. But Newless walks in and she's like, no, that's just old pipes. You know, you're not hearing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and Lottie tries to warn her. This is a big sequence because this is, man is going to die. This movie strikes me, and I know that it got a lot of comparisons to Psycho, where you're with a main character you think is going to be your hero throughout. It was go, re-released in the U.S. with Horror Hotel. Yeah. It must have been trying to, it was after Psycho. So they must have, because Horror Hotel is a terrible title. And it has a lot of similarities. You have a young woman who all of a sudden gets killed halfway is not your hero. You have siblings trying to track down the real murder that takes place at a hotel and at the end there's a desiccated corpse of the main like so it has some but it's very it's very different yeah it was before psycho but nan finally decides i'm gonna join the party and she's got this kind of frumpy house coat (laughs) she gets up takes the house coat off and there's sort of this like whoa dude it was like a jump scare of delight because she is wearing this sort of racy teddy. Yes. And even Jane, when we were watching it, Jane went, what? What is that? And I oh went, I know, right? What were co-eds wearing in the 1960s and it East Coast just kind of came out of nowhere. And she gets all uh, all dressed to the nines. Yeah. And she can't find her bracelet. Which comes up yeah. immediately after this. Because <laughs> you hear the jazz. She She's like, I'm going to go out and do some swing and jazz dancing. And when she opens the door, the jazz stops. It's dead silent. It is so ominous because there's nothing there. And Mrs. Selwyn, Mrs. Newless, I'm sorry. Yeah. She goes, eh, they're gone. Nan's not realizing what's happening to her. She's like, Newless, I bet you don't even realize this. That did you know on Candlemas Eve, which is today, 
A coven of witches gather beneath the Raven's Inn. And I know you just said there's nothing below here that you fill in. So, like, I, I completely understand that. And that they marked a young girl by sacrifice by one taking something of value from her and leaving in place a dead bird and a sprig of woodbine. Oh, and by the way, um, have you seen my... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, man! You're right there. You, yeah, exactly. You are the frog in the water and they're just turning the heat up yeah. one degree every hour. That's kind of what she is. Yeah. She doesn't really realize that she's being cooked alive. Nan is starting to get a little uneasy yeah. with her situation she goes to her room that's when she finds the bird with the pen in it and then the wood sprig on the door woodbine and then she looks out the window if i see this i'm like i would get out of there black cloaked figures walking into a cemetery <laughs> chanting and i'm like looking for weapons yes you know what i mean there's yeah. a fireplace out there there must be and irons you know i gotta right. go grab you know i mean i'm being very serious no in that moment if i got myself in that soup but what happens is she ends up going into the flipping trap door. Now, Jason, do you think she is being compelled? I feel she has to be being compelled by the witches because they have her bracelet. Because in any sensible world, she would not open that trap door and go down. Because she opens the trap door and there isn't dirt under there. There's a staircase. And she had just told Miss Newlist the story. I totally hear what you're saying. And it's probably like, yeah, that's probably it. And then part of me thinks they made this character who's thirsting for knowledge she's willing to like sacrifice her two-week vacation with her brother to go and live in a new england old town that she's like i have to figure out what's going on but it is odd because i think a normal reaction with like the hotel proprietor just said that's filled in i open it up and there's clearly a passageway well and she even said they take these items, they yeah. do this, the bird, she, yeah. she has all she, the evidence. Yeah. Even if you're not dealing with like witches that can do magic spells, yeah. you might have people that believe they can. And that's not a good thing. And so any sensible person. So I think taking that, doing all of that, I think they're compelling her down because she does. She goes down, they grab her. Yeah. There's a great cut because oh, yeah. Mrs. Newless raises the ceremonial dagger. She goes, I'm, yeah. I'm Elizabeth Selwyn. Yeah. And she lowers the knife to stab her, and it cuts immediately to a knife cutting, cutting it. Sue's birthday cake. It's a great <laughs> shot. It's a, a little jazzy it's, sound. It's a wonderful cut. There's yeah. a groovy party. Aunt Sue is pretty hot, and she's concerned Nan's never late, and Dick doesn't give one hoot. He's just, ah, she's, I don't know where she is, darling. (laughs) It's all good. And then Bill shows up, and Bill goes, dude, I haven't heard from her in two weeks, and that's not right. And Dick is just, ah, she's fine. She's just doing research. (laughs) It's funny because Bill's like, could you call? I'm like, well, Bill, you could call the Raven's End, too. And so Dick gets on the phone. He's like, hey, Raven's End. They're like, Bill, there's no such thing. Yeah. We got to get the police involved. Yeah, and it's not until a stranger on a phone tells him the Raven's End yeah. isn't, isn't listed or doesn't exist. That's when Dick goes, well, this is a serious situation. Yeah. People who know and love Nan intimately have wa- told me this, but I said no. So he goes, whoa, got to call the cops. This isn't cool. And this is like the second part of the movie. Now you're going to realize that really the characters, the heroes of the story, are going to be Pat and Dick Barlow, Nan's brother, because all of a sudden Pat, realizing that Nan has disappeared, goes in the Raven's Inn, says, you know, Nan had borrowed this book, and it was expensive, and Miss Newlist gives the book back to her. And I'm yeah. thinking, once again, you need two women. 
But you need two <laughs> women on different nights. But why don't you just chain them up in this dungeon beneath the Raven's hand? I'm, I'm completely with you. <laughs> and this is when the jazzy sheriff police investigators show up. And their well, investigation lasts all of three seconds. Like, yeah, Well, this is here. also when Lottie is walking by Pat. And she just does a smooth little handoff of the bracelet. And Patricia, remember, she noticed the bracelet and admired it. And she went, oh, this young mute is trying to warn me of something. This would tell me two things. If I was Pat, I'd say, hmm, they stole Nan's bracelet. That's not cool. Something's going on. Second, I need to get the hell out of Whitewood. This is not a cool place. There's creepy people all around. And also, oddly enough, there's never any sunshine here. So anyways... It's a cursed village, bud. We're going to cut away. (laughs) At this point, you're not sure if Professor Alan Driscoll is involved in this, not. But the next scene, you realize, oh yeah, he's a Satanist. He has a cape on, and he's going to sacrifice a pigeon to the Lord of Light in his office. And then a buzzer goes off. He's like, ah, once again, always bothered in the middle of a sacrifice. He looks around and like, is anything out of place where people walk in and say, oh, a Satanist, eh? First thing, I <laughs> gotta take this disturbing cloak off. <laughs> Dick had visited Driscoll and to no avail, and then he leaves. And, and this is like just circumstantial where I, I think the plotting right here is a little odd because when Pat comes in, this is where Driscoll, who clearly is part of this satanic cult. He could send Pat off in the wrong direction. But he ends up sending, oh, well, Nan's brother, you just actually missed him. You might want to go and talk to him. Why? If you're trying to keep a satanic cult hidden, this is Satanic Cults 101. (laughs) Don't talk about satanic cults. Also, he's trying to get the bracelet. Pat goes, I want to give it to her family. He goes, ah, you just met her brother. I'll give it to him. Pat is just not having it. said, I want to give it. And you can see his annoyance. (laughs) Because he's just going to take it and you know throw that thing yeah. away, probably. He does a great job conveying annoyance that finally he goes, fine. And he gives her the address. Here's the address. <laughs> he could have sent her an address completely somewhere else where Pat could have spent the whole day saying, I can't figure out this university where this other I'm just lives. from a little town but, called Whitewood. Because if you realize near the end, Driscoll and Dick Barlow's Housing is right next to each other. Driscoll <laughs> can watch from his window. Just clearly <laughs> peeking out like the creepy neighbor. Somebody wrote his directions. I'm like, wait a second. He could have just said, uh, the house next door. <laughs> well, um, that's his office. Could be Dick's office is next door. So this beer is... That's nice. And I love that they're doing something good with it. I mean, it's it's got the 1% for the planet. You know, they're doing that. But, you know, the Channel Islands, I mean... You know, from whatever you think, there's a lot of stuff in the oceans that's not good. Yeah. We end up putting a lot of crap in there. So the Channel Islands serve a purpose. This weekend escape, buddy. The label is very kind of charming. You have sort of the L.A. backdrop. Then you have these two seals and a scuba diver, you know, just enjoying it. Seals are quite fun to watch, I think. Even though when you really think about it, if they ever decided to, they could just completely ruin your day. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, they kind of remind me of the dogs of the ocean. They are. They got those really lovely, soulful eyes. But if if you're out there swimming around or something and a seal just went, I don't like that guy. I'm going to kill him. There's not a damn thing you could do to stop it. I think we have a plot of a new movie. Oh, I bet it's been done. <laughs> There's so many strange moments. Oh, wait, one last thing since we're, try- we're tasting our beer. I do like that Professor Driscoll still at this time period, anytime someone enters the office, can I get you a hard alcohol drink? I wish we could bring that back. <laughs> People are always trying to bring styles back. Why don't we have the mini bar in everybody's office? Even as a cult member, 
of a witch coven. He still has the politeness of a society to offer a person a, a, you know, a, a beverage when he comes in. There's no need office. to be uncivil. There's still civility <laughs> in the satanic cult. So Pat meets Dick and Bill. Dick's saying, I'm going up to Whitewood. And she says, I'm going too. He said, well, we could go together. She goes back when Dick leaves. I don't understand why Bill has to sneak. Dick pulls out and, and Bill's car is behind his car. And Bill emerges from the bushes and goes, I'm going to follow him. Yes. And Creepo. Driscoll's watching. He's watching out going, the window. Oh, no, this is going <laughs> to... This is not going to bode well Yeah, for the cult. I think my scheme of sending young women to Whitewood is, is about over. It's an odd way of structuring that. Yeah, story. why Bill cares for yeah. Nan, too. I don't know why they didn't go together. The only reason is plot. Dick, of course, stops at the service station. The guy's, you want to go to Whitewood? Oh. And lets him go. Free passage. Bill comes and he goes, they don't like strangers in Whitewood. Go that way. He's got a lonely life. He's waiting for somebody to ask something besides which way to Wampart Road. He's waiting Please. for someone to say, hey, are you familiar with witchcraft? And he's like, oh, I could tell you. Yeah, I've got some stories. I don't Whitewood, know. don't go there. Yeah. All satanic cults, <laughs> Professor Driscoll. Satanist, like he would reveal everything if someone just asked him. Yeah, and, and Jason, I'd even throw in, even if you don't believe in Satanism and witchcraft and all that nonsense, yeah. young women go there and never, never return. Yeah. So Bill goes through, and all of a sudden, there's the image of Elizabeth Selwyn in the, out of, coming out of the fog, and she's burnt at burning at the stake and laughing, and it makes him crash. And you think, oh, Bill's dead. I don't understand why that didn't happen to Dick. Other than plot. If you remade this movie, I think that you would have killed off Bill. Because at the end, whatever Bill did, Dick could have done the same thing. Because we realized the satanic cult... No, he couldn't, because two, pe- two old people were holding him by the arm. Well, like, Dick gets away from the satanic cult on a regular basis, like, at the end. And I'm thinking, well, you could have... I really like his, like, sheepskin line coat. I yeah. honest, honestly got it. It's a good look. It's a cool... It, it's he a had good. a cool look. He had a very cool look. Now, what I would do is I would change it a little more. I would have Bill and Dick going together... And they get in a car accident, yep. and then they have to make the rest of their way on foot. I'm with you that this movie could be remade. It doesn't need to be, because no. I think this is a good enough movie on its own. It is. And I'm always about remake bad movies and figure out what yeah. they did wrong. Because this is a decent movie. Dick gets, he gets to the, the Raven's Inn, is not really big on customers, because <laughs> Mrs. Newlis is like, nah, we're closing. And he goes, I only did it for two days. Yeah. She's, She's like, like, we're like, closed. Oh, God. Oh, you know, it's like, why, seasonal? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why are you closing? Like, you're closing down for the season? Well, it's, I think it's because they it's only not, need to open. Are, are you saying it's not going to be dark and fog season tomorrow? No, I know. Candlemas Eve and the Witch's Sabbath are yes. the only, and if, that's another thing, if I'm, you look no, at their calendar, on, like, let's say they're doing Airbnb now, you look at their calendar line, it's blacked out for the whole year, just for this three-week period, it's open, and you're like. <laughs> and Jason, I'm just going to say it, it's February. We're in New England. Um, there's no snow. No, no. That's being a little petty on my part. So Dick, he's stubborn. By the way, I want my sister's room. And she relents. Is like, okay. I'm thinking, why not just give him a different room and say your sister stayed here? Yeah. It's not like why? Ran. It's not like Nan wrote to him and said, I'm in the room with the <laughs> trap door. Room number one with the trap door. Just go. Yeah, your sister was staying upstairs. Newless and Driscoll. They gave everybody all the points to figure out this cult. I'm not sure why they're so helpful. Because you could say, we're closed. Get out of here. Uh, you want me to call the police? It's odd that cult wants to remain secret. They've lasted for hundreds of years. At the same time, 
they're really not trying to hide. They could do a far better hiding themselves. I mean, they should have a gift shop that says we're Satanists. You know, and it's like you can buy a hat. It said up coffee with, mug, up, a up magnet with, up with Satan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Whitewood's cursed. So, Elizabeth Selwyn lives. So know? she relents. Dick gets his room. He's like, I'm gonna go for a nice foggy walk. Yeah, in the dark. In the dark. See in the what city sort of creepy denizens I can find. Literally four houses. In the middle is a decrepit cemetery. I don't know what the definition of a city necessarily is, but it's it ain't Whitewood. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So he does. He goes out and of course they're the same people just walking through the fog. Aimlessly Turning and about. staring. They have nothing and to do. The reverend pops out of nowhere, walks out <laughs> staring blindly. <laughs> that actor does a great job. Dick, who he has a liking for Pat. I'm gonna go to that bookstore and because I told her I would come and see her, and he walks what in. What else are you gonna do in yeah. Whitewood? <laughs> well, pretty much, you basically you have the church. If you had a tour of Whitewood, the pamphlet. Oh, would be that's like, so great! A church, church I can't go into. <laughs> the parish bookstore and the cemetery. The Ravens Inn. The Ravens Inn, which is a very standoffish place because yeah. every time you go in, we're closed. <laughs> Let's talk about the Ravens Inn real quickly. There is a. It's not a goat. There is a skull in the background on the wall. Yeah, with the curved horns, which I always associate with Satanism. Yeah. yeah, and it's, all, the, it's the hanging goat, on the wall. The <laughs> that horned ram's head is so <laughs> odd looking. You're like, well, if I saw, if it's, that was hanging in someone's home, I'd be like, ah, these Satanists. <laughs> I mean, Jason, it's it's, it's like American Werewolf in London. <laughs> the slaughtered lamb is the name of the pub, and they have the giant <laughs> pentangle on the wall. You just, yeah. you just go, ah, like, boy. I wonder. I wonder if there was any. <laughs> Influence uh, because it is, it's a similar thing. Small little village where everybody just sort of turns and stares when strangers show yeah. up. Meanwhile, Lottie, yeah. again, a good soul in this horrible little village. She's writing a note, she's going to warn Dick and Selwyn, Newless, apologies, yeah. Yeah. and Jethro, and they catch her. And I kind of wonder why, why not just go, we're going to sacrifice her, unless she's been touched by the curse, and you can't have sacrificed someone touched by the curse. But Pat's family is from the same town, so her family's but, touched by the curse. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, they're also... Strangles Lottie. Yeah, it's, man. It was an off-putting scene. Yeah, there's a lot of uncomfortable moments in this movie, and that's one of them. They do, does basically they strangle her and then toss her down the down the trap door. Yeah, doesn't leave the body. I don't know what the plan is there. So, and Dick finally gets to meet the Reverend. Who, Back at the bookstore. He's been fighting evil, and they their master took my eyesight. It's he who actually says they have to sacrifice two women every year yeah. on Candlemas Eve and on Witch's Sabbath to maintain their eternal life. When's the Witch's Sabbath? <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> oh. Dick, of course, is dubious. He goes, Satan worshippers. <laughs> Today? <laughs> Is it really out of the realm? I mean, he's just so beside himself that this could happen. He leaves them. And then Pat opens a drawer and finds a dead bird. Why do you think the Reverend tells Patricia, stay away from him? Because he does say the devil comes in very different, mysterious ways. Dick leaves. He goes, I want you to stay away from that young man. You know, they could have rewrote this where Dick could have been a character the whole time where you weren't sure. And the Reverend's, I'm blind, so I have other senses or jason even do he could be corrupted i might even do this have dick end up being the guy and yeah then the christopher lee character is coming up and he saves the day that would be a fun spin on this because you have the guy who's all about i talk about devil worship every day he's the bad guy it's pretty obvious you have the science guy ending up being the guy that might be how i'd twist it around make dick the dick yeah because that 
Because that line of dialogue doesn't make sense because literally a minute later, the Reverend's like, get Barlow over here. <laughs> he, he does. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because she does. She goes, hey, there's a dead bird with a pin in like, it. Check the door. Yeah. And she's like, Jesus, there's some woodbine. They do really good. At, everybody can identify their plants. Yeah. You know? And then I'm Wood, thinking, woodbine. wait a second. She didn't lose any jewelry or anything special. We don't know. They had her book yeah, for maybe, a while. Yeah. I don't know. You know yeah. yeah, that would be another thing we would do in our version is we would, she'd go, oh, I'm missing that jaunty cap yeah. that I always like wearing. And instead of walking across the street like four steps, she gets on the phone and calls Raymond's in and Dick's on the phone. Whoa, I think Miss Lewis was actually going to hang up. Well, Jason, I love this because she picks up the phone. Give me the Raven's in. <laughs> Wait, that's not listed. How does anyone know? Because when Dick called, they said that place doesn't exist. Mrs. Newlist, I kind of think you're right, but I also think she doesn't care at this point. She thinks, I'm in total control. I'm going to kill y'all. She almost answers like, Barlow? And then he walks up the door, he's like, oh, here he is. (laughs) She's really great. (laughs) She is. I mean, she's just... The actress is amazing. Yeah, she she made me uncomfortable. That would have been like the teacher you have, and you're like, ugh, she's going to pull that ruler out and smack you. And Pat screams on the phone, so Dick has to run over there, which is four steps away. He heard the scream on the phone. He's like, I heard it there first. I heard it because you are just looking out the window. I'm right here. You don't have to scream. And the Reverend gets, he gets a dramatic death. Oh, yeah. Because Dick goes over, finds the Reverend, and the Reverend gets this, like, appropriate, like, he really just was went, this is my moment. I'm going to explode with death scene right here. Yeah. But he gives him a hint. The way to destroy the witches is the shadow of the cross. How did these people wander around without ever falling under the shadow of a cross? Because that cross is right there in the cemetery. Yeah. Like, I would have torn that down. They're wandering <laughs> around. Yeah, exactly. You go out at high noon when there's no sh- oh, there's no high noon in this, yeah. this town. But he finds a trap door. Yeah. He's got a gun. I mean, you would think is a good thing. And he's like, cruises down. Here's a chant. He finds poor Lottie. They just tossed her body. Yeah. But before that, we have to mention that Ooh. he saw those cloak figures go in through the cemetery, so he's going to try there first. And he sees a grave that says, Alan Driscoll burned as a witch. And he's like, I wonder if that's the same Alan Driscoll. <laughs> you think it was his grandfather. It's a common name, you know. It's like John Smith. <laughs> like, that's a, lots of Alan But Driscoll. you're right. He's down. He's going through the crypt now in his room. And finds him. They're going to kill Patricia. Yeah. And then out of nowhere comes... Alan Driscoll in one of the least surprising (laughs) moments. I kind of feel like they thought this was going to be like a big moment, but it wasn't because the whole time you're going, this dude's, if he's not the leader, he's he's second in command. You know, he's a big deal here. He's a big wheel to Cracker Factory. Yeah. So he unloads the entire revolver into Alan Driscoll. Nothing. Nothing. And then he goes, ah, we're going to get out of here. So he like just randomly. right off the table real quickly. And I'm like, wait a second. Why'd she have to wait for Dick to do that? And they make zero effort to stop them from running up these stairs. But then they the, catch them anyway. The whole coven's up on Everybody the Everybody. And they're like, we're going to sacrifice in the open. And that's when Bill shows up. And he's all beat up. And This goes and he, slow motion because everybody's like, 
Jason, this is an Bill, hour and 17 pull minutes. Pull the cross up. And I'm thinking, why did, why did the cult stop him? Because they're just like watching him. It's and- an hour and 17 minute movie. But these last few minutes are interminably long. It's very weird how long this is. Because he, you're right. He's just he's yelling, he's going, the shadow of the cross. And somehow Bill is able, he's been in an accident. He's like, he's slowly dying. This guy's been beat. beat Huge contusion across oh, the Oh, he's got a, I don't know. He's probably got a concussion. Yeah. And so, But he he's able. Able and all the chanting and the yelling and the screaming, he's able to discern all of this. The shadow of the cross is what's going to do it, darling. <laughs> and so he has the strength to pull up this headstone that's a cross and starts quoting the Bible yeah. and like walking. They're like, ah, as he's Bill getting, was a theology student. <laughs> as as he's going to get the cross, though, Mrs. Selwyn, Mrs. Newless, yeah. takes the ceremonial dagger, throws it like forty yards. Yeah. Square into his back. Just like Macau. Everybody's a good knife thrower. (laughs) And I'm telling you, Jason, he's a trooper because he guts it out. Once again, if you're a cult and you have to sacrifice at a certain exact time, why throw away your sacrificial dagger? Well, because the guy next to you has a switchblade. Best part of the movie. Boom. He doesn't have to look. It does. He just like pulls it out. Switchblade. Driscoll. Christopher <laughs> Lee just pulling out the switchblade. I almost wanted them to break into a song and dance then. Sort of West Side Story. Just snap. You know, we're going to sacrifice her. We're going to sacrifice her. You know, like, it was. It had that moment. It had that kind of feel like that might happen. But no, Bill's just coming and he's quoting. He's chewing Bible quotes. And he's, lo and behold, man, somebody gets in that freaking cross's Boom, laser beam like. Yeah, they just burst into yeah. flame. They, he saves the day, and then everybody takes off running, and Dick and Pat are like, well, we have to find Elizabeth. I think he says something like, I still have business with Selwyn. Dude, I mean, they murdered his sister. Exactly. And he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily seem to like go, you know, you killed my sister. But you have a sister. I have a sister. Yeah. I have three sisters. And, you know, there would be a little bit of, I'd be, I'd be going up there a little more aggressively. Yeah. You know? I don't think the, the the stages of grief have hit him yet. I think that's for like the sequel, See the Dead yeah. Two, Dick's grief, <laughs> Bill Dick's <laughs> Dick's descent into like hard drinking yeah. and like what did I I have a, I failed my sister. So they Pat and Dick chase Newless back into the Ravens Inn and underneath the plaque behind the reception desk because she was unable to make the sacrifice because that was a deal with the devil two sacrifices a year eternal youth she is now a desiccated corpse. And the movie ends. I'm never making that deal. But if you make that deal, you, you want to keep that deal. Yeah. Because whatever's <laughs> happening to her now ain't good. So, first of all, I'm going to I'm gonna ask so we can chat a little about it. Uh, since I picked the movie. Would you recommend this movie? Oh, yeah. This is a fun little movie. There are a couple of jump scares. But mostly it's just this unsettling mood that starts with that choral chanting in the, in the opening credits. It's Christopher Lee. He's always awesome. It is an hour and 17 minutes. So if you're if you're kind of doing like a, a Halloween you know night where you're like hey we're gonna do a few movies you know this one goes by quick and it's kind of fun and it's creepy you could have a lot of fun with this movie so yeah I I would recommend this what yeah, about you absolutely I saw it when we were planning for a zombie episode I thoroughly enjoy it I think it's interesting because we grew up in the 80s and it was. The decade before was a huge satanic panic. So we're used to all these movies were, you know, satanic cold e- sore. Even into the 80s. Yeah. That, that bled into the 80s. There was well, the, the satanic, everything. People re- had the recalling of memories and they went, oh, I was abused by a satanic cult. But when you look at that as a villain in movies, you had 
the movie that we already did in our previous episode. You had The Seventh Victim. The worst. And then you had a jump. It was this movie, and then you had Mario Bava's Black Sabbath. Rosemary's Baby. And then Rosemary and the 60s. And then you had all those movies up until now. You have tons of... There was the, the one on Netflix called The Babysitter that was about a satanic cult babysitting cult but they got a little more violent yes it, it, it wasn't the psychological that yeah. dread that you know oh like rosemary's baby they they take a piece of your you know hey i'm missing my glove that kind of thing and that that to me like the whole violence thing it's like yeah. gore and stuff that's totally cool but just that idea of i'm missing just an item of clothing you don't think about it and somebody can do harm to you is terrifying to me did you ever see ty west the house of the devil yeah so I thought that was a nice throwback to the 70s. There was such a big gap that you'd think that these would be villains going back, but from basically from Val Luton's The Seventh Victim and, until this movie, there no, was pe- a lot. Well, pe- yeah, I mean, I wonder if the, how much the church had to do with it. Probably And had just people being it. afraid of that. Because as soon as Rosemary Babies and The Exorcist came out, then like every movie they had, was the like... The floodgates <laughs> were open. I mean, I mean, they had loosened up some of the code. They were like, we can be a little more free... Yeah. I mean, look at the, the seventh victim. I mean, we laugh about it and stuff. Three out of ten star Satanists. They were not scary people. No. Lopping Even this easy. cult was a little scarier, but still I'm like, oh my gosh, like try a little harder. The they witches. got the job done. They did set, <laughs> they did set a creepy mood. So you would totally recommend this. Totally yeah, recommend this. I would definitely, if you can get your hands on this, it is, it is a special release. So I don't know um, how, if they'll do it again. I hope they do. Weekend Escape IPA. Delicious. Smog City, thank you guys so much. As well as Topa Topa. I know it, Smog City actually gave it to us, but they both collaborated. They're, it's it's a beer trying to do good, trying to keep the environment clean because let me tell you, if we don't have an environment, we ain't going to have this. The Satanists win. I think that kind of wraps <laughs> I don't it have up. anything else. I think to that's, say. A, that's a good way to wrap it up right there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.